Welcome to the Zoom Out Podcast. Tim Niemeyer. I'm joined today by Caribou. Caribou, welcome. Thanks for having me, Tim. Awesome. Caribou is a professional wealth consultant at Finney 21. He helps individuals improve their health and guides individuals and businesses along their path to understand, acquire, and custody Bitcoin. Uh, I got to know Caribou in the uh, in, in a, a chat, the Bitcoin Consultants Network, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But first, I wanted to ask you, um, this channel is really kind of about uh, financial freedom and really, you know, with Bitcoin, how does that all tie into financial freedom? I wanted to ask you, what do you think is the thing that's holding people back from financial freedom? I think in my experience, the first obstacle is just an awareness that they aren't free. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think people actually understand, uh, you know, the, the harsh truth is that most people don't understand that they are quite literally slaves to the fiat money that they use. Uh, and in addition to that, they don't really realize maybe initially that freedom is actually accessible to them if they choose to claim it. Um, and the way I frame it with people I work with is the way you claim your freedom is you gain an understanding of money from first principles, what's good money, what's bad money, and then you're able to make wise choices about which money you choose to save your time in. So I think the biggest thing that holds people back from financial freedom is just the awareness that they aren't currently free. Um, you said and, in there yeah. that um, slaves to the fiat system, to somebody who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin, that, that can come across pretty harsh. Yeah. And I understand what you're saying, but let's, let's dig into that a little bit. How does fiat money, and by fiat, we're meaning government money, money by decree, right? The dollars. How does that kind of force us into a, a, a system of slavery, so to speak? Even just to frame it, you know, the idea that back in ancient Egypt, slaves were slaves because they had to pay the pharaoh 20% of their mm. income. And if you break down the average tax that someone pays, not even including the inflation tax of people printing money and it's stealing from us, we are like paying double what the slaves paid the pharaoh. So I think, you know, wow. taxes aside, this notion that I need to spend my time and energy doing valuable work in order to earn money. And most people I talk to are the same thing. You know, they, they make cabinets, they fix plumbing fixtures, they're electricians, whatever it is. But there's a certain group of people that actually can just press a button and create unlimited amounts of money, of extra units of money to spend as they wish. And the fact that those units are created without any work done means that they have this weird privilege that none of us have. And by doing that, they actually make all of the money the rest of us have to work so hard to earn or be worth less, which materializes in our lives as we have to pay more units of the money for the same thing, aka inflation, right? Prices go up because a certain group of people are creating more units of money without really telling us the consequences of that and sort of relying on the fact that we don't really understand money for the most part. And mm. so, you know, not even including the fact that we pay so much of our money in taxes and in my opinion, get very little back for it. Um, the idea that people can just steal from us and make our money worth less over time sort of creates this very unfair system that we're all sort of just stuck in uh, until we learn better. So it's, it's, it's sucking the time, the time that we spend to earn, it's, it's sucking that dry and they're, and they're allocating that 
not only are they allocating that to places where we might not agree, that's one part of the argument is the, the taxes and the inefficiency of that system. But also by, like you said, by printing it, that work kind of gets uh, devalued. And in a way, that's what inflation is, or that's one of the effects of inflation is what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, and I think our most valuable thing, our most scarce, precious thing in life is time. Amen. And if you view money as the tool that we use to store our time and bring our, you know, do a certain amount of work, store our time in a tool that we can then spend in future, um, debasing money is stealing away human time from the producers to the people who have this secret privilege of being able to create time, human time out of nowhere, which is just, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Consequences happen when systems get manipulated. And, you know, unfortunately, that, most people don't connect the dots with my house is it's 20% more expensive to buy a house this year. They don't connect that with these people are printing extreme amounts of money, which is stealing from me. And the way that materializes, I can no longer afford a home. And that unfairness doesn't need to be in the system. Like we, we should not be using a, a system for money for society that relies on theft at a mass scale. And I know that sounds like extreme to people who really don't understand it, but when you go deep enough um, you, and you see it for what it is, you see past the mirage and you, you, you get clarity, it's like, ooh, it becomes urgent to get your time out of the system that's stealing from you. And, and, and you, you pointed a couple times on the fact that people get to manipulate it and the people are the ones and, and, and humans, myself included, we're fallible. You know, we can make choices that while it might sound like we're helping other people kind of end up like helping ourselves in, along the way. So, um, I know this is a mainly a Bitcoin podcast. Maybe we tie that together. If, if we're currently in a system that steals from each other or steals the, those who can steal from those who can't, how does Bitcoin kind of tie into this? Bitcoin doesn't allow anyone to print money. In its, in its most basic sense, Bitcoin takes the decision-making about money out of the hands of humans and puts it into software code that we all agree to use um, and that we can't change on a whim. There's not 12 people at a boardroom that can vote on how much money to print. Everyone that participates in the Bitcoin network has implicitly agreed that the software is fair. They run their own software. Um, they keep everyone in the network honest. We keep each other honest because it's in our best interest. And so we essentially just take the power to control money out of the hands of humans and put it into software code run by machines, which do not have a bias or a, you know, a desire to steal from us. They just are in an unbiased way running code. And uh, by removing humans from the equation, we create a, a sound system because now the fallibility of humans is no longer a weak link. And I, I think some people, uh, some things that, something that many people don't see is that you have to opt into this. It's not mandatory, whereas the current system we're in, you're forced into that. You have to participate in this network, in this network, in this fiat network. Um, so then you're a, you're a consultant and you said at Finney 21, can you tell us a little bit about Finney 21? Yeah. So Finney 21 is a wealth consult consulting firm that I'm helping to build. And it's basically just a small team of just hardcore Bitcoiners who care about Bitcoin, who care about health. Um, 
And to me, wealth is health plus money. Bitcoin is the best money. So it's really just health and Bitcoin. And yeah, it's a team of us that are sort of getting together, working together on, um, we do our own individual work with one-on-one with individuals. And then we come together to work in a team for bigger projects for companies or family offices or organizations. And fundamentally, um, our mandate is to accelerate the transition to scarce money to Bitcoin. And we do that by helping uh, individuals or organizations understand, acquire, and custody Bitcoin in that order because it actually is order sensitive. Um, so it's still being built. It's still uh, an idea that's sort of being honed and sharpened over time. We're still building the team. But uh, I think the world is going to need a lot of uh, people who can help others uh, understand health, understand how to take care of themselves so that they're not just at the whims of the medical system or the disease care system. And it's also going to need people who can help um, you know, the world navigate their own path to understanding Bitcoin and taking responsibility for their wealth. So I, I would assume that the majority of that is on the education. Yeah, you got to do a lot of work on the education up front because, like you said before, most people don't realize that fiat is stealing from them. Uh, so I know it's it's really dependent on uh, your audience, but if uh, do you have a general <clears throat> elevator pitch that you kind of go for, or do you really just kind of hone in on whoever uh, whatever deficit your client is is showing? How, how do you usually go about elevator pitch? Yeah, I mean. I haven't really found myself in an elevator recently. I've been asked about Bitcoin. Uh, I actually really, I never imposed Bitcoin on people. I did that for a large part of my history, being obsessed and interested in Bitcoin. And I just learned that it's, uh, it doesn't usually go very well. It's a waste of energy. Hmm. Um, so what I really try and do is harness people's curiosity. And so if someone comes up to me and says, I've heard about Bitcoin, I'm getting interested. What is this all about? That would be, I guess, a prompt for an eleva- elevator pitch style, um, you know, spiel. But what I really make an effort to do now is have the first things I respond to questions like that with be questions. So, you know, I would ask something like, why are you interested? What about Bitcoin interests you? Or one of my favorites is, what do you think Bitcoin is? Ooh, because yeah. that's a really quick way to really identify where are they currently at? What is their current level of understanding? And to sort of give me a minute to understand, okay, well, it seems like this is the first blind spot that needs to be patched in order for them to continue on their journey. And, you know, if someone asked me, tell me about Bitcoin in 60 seconds, I would say Bitcoin is a form of digital money designed to be sent person to person without needing a bank. It's not owned by anyone, doesn't have a CEO. It exists in cyberspace beyond the control of any government. It has a fixed supply of 21 million units, and each of those units can be broken down into tiny fractions called Satoshis, or SATs for short. And for most people, it's a savings technology. It's a way to preserve their purchasing power over time and to shield themselves from the debasement that comes from fiat inflation. So that would be my like super concise pitch, general pitch. But in, in the grand scheme of things, I really try and ask way more questions than, um, than give answers because... I need to know where the person's at in order to give meaningful uh, replies. And and to me, that's exactly what I'd want my, a consultant. Uh, doesn't matter what we're talking about. If I'm getting a, con- a consult from anybody, 
I'd want it to be that kind of consult, that Socratic method, that kind of getting to know the person before giving the solution, right? Um, and like I mentioned, we're in uh, the Bitcoin Consultants Network. Um, have you, uh, do you ever find anybody, uh, and I, I didn't really talk about this, we didn't talk about this before, do you ever find anybody where Bitcoin isn't the solution to their uh, consulting needs and to their uh, financial freedom, so to speak? No. No. I mean, there's a lot I, of people I, who don't understand the role that Bitcoin plays in achieving financial freedom. I think there's the legacy world of finance. There's a lot of programming laid on people. Uh, Jamie Diamonds of the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, he's... I, there's more sinister <laughs> shit with people like that, that, that get it, but don't want to let on that they get it because it's in their best interest to deceive people to make more money. Like, that's, that's just some... Leaderships of the world and, yep. But I think there's a lot of really well-intentioned people in the legacy finance world that are simply disincentivized to learn about Bitcoin because it kind of obsoletes everything they've learned. And that's really painful to understand. And this is, I think, part of why there's such an opening for Bitcoin consultants is because if you go to your financial advisor, a traditional financial advisor, you're actually not going to get any information about Bitcoin. You're probably going to be steered away from it, which is actually super harmful um, because it is the it, it is the solution to to everyone's problem of everything's getting more expensive. I'm not making more money each year. I'm falling behind. I don't know what to do. And that's causing me health consequences. It's causing my business to really struggle. Like all of these things can be directly paired back to just the, the fact that most people's lives and businesses are built on an un, unfair, dishonest ledger that is stealing from them and they don't know it. And when they do know it, then it becomes a lot more obvious that it's not a them problem. Like the amount of people who think, oh, I'm just bad with money. It's like, no, you're probably not. You're probably just using bad money. And you, uh, you mentioned financial advisors. Now, there's partly, they're, they partly don't promote Bitcoin or are actively against it, partly because they just don't know, like we mentioned. I'd say mostly because they just don't know. But also there's a component of, one, they're not allowed to. Hmm. And two, as of the current structure, they wouldn't be making anything off of it. Right. So that's something that I, I think the everyday citizen and where I, I've, I've had friends where I've talked about Bitcoin and they're like, oh, my financial advisor says no. And I'm like, well, what does your financial advisor know? They, they just, first of all, don't know. And second of all, they're incentivized not to. That's, right. uh, that's pretty sad. So, it is. so that, that's more of a just open for anybody. If you're talking to somebody and they're saying no to Bitcoin, you might want to ask why. I think that's uh, an important thing. Yeah, when someone's salary depends on them not talking about something, it's good to know that because the skewed incentive, the, the conflict of interest that that presents um, based on a lack of understanding, not out of malintent, is just it, all the same. It actually costs people their socioeconomic lives. If you, you never trust someone, a bald barber, you know, that kind yeah, of it's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy. That's awesome. Um, I noticed your uh, copy of software in the back. I, I've got mine as well. That's very nice. That's if a, anybody hasn't read that. Uh, that's a profound say, book. I, uh, I don't know if it'll even really land for me until like another decade when everything starts to come to fruition. But I think if you really zoom out, hey. um, I think it's, it's just very well said. And the fact that it's kind of been hush-hushed tells me something about something. <laughs> I don't know what. 
So, so um, we're we're speaking on the on the tenth of January, and I want to. This might not come out for a week and a half, let's say, but um, something special about today. One is how Hal Finney's running Bitcoin tweet, and two, uh, pretty sure this is the day that the ETFs uh, become a thing. There Do you have no any thoughts as, as a, con, a consultant, a Bitcoin consultant? What are your thoughts on uh, Bitcoin ETFs? So, again, our mandate at Finney 21 is to help clients understand, acquire, and custody Bitcoin. Nowhere in there does an ETF fit in. And what I just tell people when asked about the ETF is I just say, I am in the business of helping people take responsibility for their wealth. And as far as I'm concerned, when you have ownership of an ETF ticker symbol, you actually don't own Bitcoin. Unless you own the keys and manage the keys uh, to your sats, you don't own Bitcoin. And there's a risk to that, right? This whole idea that I'm not saying it's no one should ever do it. Everyone's got their own circumstances. But if you want to custody your own Bitcoin, there is a huge responsibility to learn about what that means and the implications involved in that. That's what I spend my time interested in doing. And I really think that an exchange traded fund uh, is just a promissory note, an IOU. Um, and there's a significant amount of counterparty risk, especially when you look at the frailty of the fiat system that I don't think people are pricing in. So it's, you know, biggest trade-off, convenience versus security. The ETF is the most convenient way to buy Bitcoin. It is the least secure because you actually don't own any keys. You don't manage any keys. Uh, you just own, you own an IOU and hopefully they make good on that. One thing you, you mentioned, you're talking about, I, I'd be interested uh, to hear more about the health aspect, but you talk about wealth and, and health. And when you custody, you do have to have that level of responsibility. And if you think of responsibility kind of like a muscle, if you don't flex that, it atrophies, right? So in a way, you have to be more mentally in shape to be able to do this. And that's not a bad thing because the more you flex that muscle of self-sovereignty, let's just say, the more self-sovereign you are, the less you require others to take care of you. So right. it's actually uh, making you stronger <laughs> by actually self-custing in a way. I don't know if that makes any sense or if you have any comments on that. I totally agree. I think health and you know improving one's health and custodying one's Bitcoin are actually fundamentally, I think, the same journey. There's so many similarities between the two. Um, and, you know, responsibility breaks down into responsibility, the ability to respond. Nice. And, you know, the price of freedom is gaining the ability to respond to circumstances that come into your life without having to rely on someone else to tell you what to do. And I think another important part, just to kind of put it, piece it in there, is that as a consultant, I actually don't make choices for anyone ever. Um, my role is to make sure that they have all the information needed to make a wise choice for themselves, to make sure they're considering everything that's important, to make sure there's no blind spots. Once all the information is in front of them and they understand everything that they need to understand, they are then in a position to make the best choice for themselves. And that applies to both health and it applies to both and to Bitcoin. So I don't take responsibility for the end result of their decisions. I don't take responsibility for errors they make. My role is to make sure they have all the information they need to make a wise choice. Uh, and I think that really aligns with the idea that I'm not there to remove them 
from needing to take responsibility. I'm simply there to ensure that the time they allocate towards understanding health and Bitcoin is time well spent. Um, and that's a really big distinction from current systems where your doctor is taking responsibility for your health, which is impossible, but that's the facade. Your financial advisor is taking responsibility for your wealth, for your money and making choices for you, which doesn't really end well because if you don't understand the system that they're using to make choices for you, they might be making poor choices for you unknowingly. And you'll never know that. Um, and they'll never know that unless you gain an understanding of how this whole thing works. And, and it's really, you know, what things in life are more important than health and money? I don't think anything. Like, it doesn't matter how you live your life. It's really hard to opt out of those two things. And ironically, those are the two things people learn almost nothing about. So. <laughs> That's it. It reminds me of that uh, meme where it's like go, the lady goes to the doctor. It's like, I'm overweight. I got autoimmune disease. And the doctor says something and she's like, so I should exercise more and eat right? And he's like, no, here's this pill. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, the exactly. system is kind of disincentivized. So the more we learn about our own health and our own wealth, the better suited we'll be able to be to take care of it. And, and I, I think that's really why we're, you're seeing this growing need for Bitcoin consultants. Um, I mentioned that we're both part of the Bitcoin Consultants Network, and um, that was that was created by Ben DeWall. But I, I know that you you've really kind of taken charge and or done a lot of organization to that. And so thank you for that. But uh, do you care to uh, share anything about the Bitcoin Consultants Network for anybody out there interested in finding either a local consultant or anybody who's interested in joining? Yeah, I mean, right now it's still sort of in the embryonic phase. I I just really. Uh, I'm grateful at the opportunity to get together with a bunch of people who are interested in Bitcoin and specifically Bitcoin consulting and have meaningful conversations and essentially share our lessons and our understanding to kind of compare uh, to compare notes. Because I think when we come together and share diverse perspectives, we learn way more than we ever could alone. And I think that's really the value of the Bitcoin Consultant Network for me right now is being around other people, having intentional meaningful conversations with people who are very literate and well-versed in these topics. Um, and I think eventually the goal will be to create some sort of public facing uh, website where if you want to work with a Bitcoin consultant, if you want to speak with a professional about deepening your understanding of Bitcoin or increasing your confidence in being able to custody your own keys, once you really understand what that means and why it's important, um, we want to put together some sort of public facing website that is populated with people that are within the web of trust of the Bitcoin Consultant Network. Because the reality is anyone can call themselves a Bitcoin consultant. There's no degree, there's no certification. Uh, and even if there was, it probably wouldn't matter because what really matters is proof of work, just like in the ethos of Bitcoin. And I think the calls that we go on every month serve as sort of the proof of the work we're putting in to deepen our understanding and, that, and to show that we're committed to this work professionally. Like I think to me, someone that knows about Bitcoin and wants to help others as a hobby is like they're an orange pillar. It's informal. That's great. The distinction between them and a professional is that a professional takes it very seriously, has a daily study practice, works with people uh, regularly. Their primary means of income is actually doing that work. And they're, they take pride in mastering the art of helping people navigate the Bitcoin path. And so, yeah, I think uh, I'm excited for where it goes. I don't know where it's going to go, but um, it's a lot of fun in the meantime. Absolutely. And I enjoy the calls and I, I learn a whole lot. Coming from education, I don't have a sales or, or marketing or any of background. Um, and I've already, in the few calls that we've had, learned a tremendous amount. And I love the point that you made. It's like 
there's a lot of advisors or doctors out there. Uh, they might have a certificate hanging on their wall, but how many of those doctors actually took time to study nutrition? Or how many of those uh, financial advisors took time to understand Bitcoin? So a, a paper doesn't mean as much. And that web of trust that you mentioned, uh, that's huge. This is Bitcoiners saying that these other Bitcoiners are legit and they know what they're talking about and they're here to help. So uh, yeah, if anybody's listening, you can reach out to myself or to Caribou. Um, Caribou, this has been great. I appreciate your time. Is there any uh, handoff you'd like? Is there anywhere you'd like to send anybody either for yourself personally or for, for your company? Um, no, the website for Finney21 is finney21.com. It starts with a form where you send in a form. Someone on our team will, will review it and determine if it's a good fit. And then if so, move forward uh, from there to work together. I think one thing that I've sort of gained a deeper understanding of with just people I've worked with is like, why would someone use a Bitcoin consultant? Why, why would someone, um, how can people benefit from working with a Bitcoin consultant? And I think at the end of the day, when you want to understand Bitcoin, I think it, frankly, I think it takes a hundred hours of intentional, purposeful study to understand money from first principles, to understand a fiat to a level where it's like, how much is it affecting me? And how does this work? And what is actually happening there? And then once you're disturbed enough about the fiat system, you then are motivated to learn about Bitcoin, which you know allows you to combine your first principles understanding of money with the negatives of fiat to then start to understand Bitcoin and work your way through to understanding how do I confidently custody my own keys and why should I even care about doing that? So that's a hundred hours. And the average person can wade through that uh, and work on it and get there for sure. Um, but it requires time and time is valuable. And so if you're doing an hour a week, if you study every week for one hour, a hundred hours will take you about two years. So there's 52 weeks in a year. Um, and we both know that it's not about timing the market and trying to buy at the right time. It's about time in the market. It's about how long you actually hold your sats for. And so, um, you know, if you can learn what you would learn in a hundred hours of self-directed research, sort of meandering your way through the content, finding what you need to know, but getting distracted along the way, or maybe learning things you don't need to know. If you could compress a hundred hours into 10 by working with a professional who can essentially create a bespoke education path, say just all this other stuff you can learn about eventually, this is all you need to know right now. The sooner you get into Bitcoin, the better off you're going to be because these big price jumps happen unpredictably. And the more time you waste, uh, the more likely you're going to miss that. And if you can go from 100 hours to 90 and learn the same amount of things and maybe even be told some cheat codes about things to watch out for that you wouldn't learn otherwise, you're saving yourself 90 hours. And the question is, what are those 90 hours worth? Right. If you pay yourself 20 bucks an hour, that's 1800 bucks. And so I just bring it down to just the nuts and bolts. It's like if, if instead of 100, you can do 10, learn just as much, get in the market sooner, um, get the price appreciation gains that might or the, the purchasing power increases that come from being in the market longer and then have those extra 90 hours to do what you want with. It's like, what is your time? worth? That's really all it ends up being. And, th and that gave me two thoughts. One, it's very similar to like you said, with health, if. I got to know how bad autoimmune diseases are for me or for cancer or something. I have to know what the problem is before I know the solution. I have to know how serious the problems, what that can lead to before I can see that the value of that solution is, you know, health and nutrition and whatnot. And the other thing about um, that hundred hours, I mean, 
that's what we're doing here at Zoom Out, right? You know, we're trying to do bite-sized educational uh, yes. tidbits to help those people along that way. Um, Caribou, this has been great. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. I, I hope uh, we're, we're going to work forward to getting this uh, Bitcoin consultant network, getting that customer-facing thing out sooner than later. And uh, thank you for your time. Uh, where, where are you on Twitter? You want to share any of that? or uh, Nobody Caribou on Twitter. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Caribou, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming on Zoom Out. Time.